This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. I was raised in a really religious family. My dad was a pastor, so I was around church all the time growing up. I don't remember a time when I didn't believe in God, but it just seems like uh, you know, I think God was over there and I was over here. And I think it, it kind of reminds me of that picture where you have Jesus standing there knocking at a door and, you know, there's no doorknob on the outside. And so it's a picture of our heart. And the idea of that uh, painting was we kind of have to open our, our hearts and let Christ in to really experience Him personally. And uh, I finally did, though. When I was 17, I just felt like there was this uh, there was this hunger uh, that I had, there was an, an, an unease, something that I wasn't just satisfied with life and just felt like they were, um, going with, with God was the way to go. And so I finally did um, kind of have a little prayer and I asked Christ into my heart. So ever since then, it's been a walk with, with Christ and I um, have this sense of peace and and uh, God's presence with me, and especially in some of the really difficult times, um, that's been really important to have that. And so like I can remember probably the most traumatic time in, in my life was whenever we were hit by a drunk driver and my uh, wife's, well, she was my fiance then, but her little brother and my nephew were both killed. And um, Jamie was uh, beat up pretty bad, broke about everything you can break in a human body. My niece uh, was very seriously injured as well. Um, that was a tough time, but it was also the time, I think, in life when more than any other time I felt like God was just surrounding me uh, with a real sense of His love and care and um, just almost like having arms wrapped around me uh, through that really difficult experience. So um, Jesus said He was the bread of life and I know I like fresh bread and whenever we take communion um, we we picture Jesus as the bread and, and it's this life that we have this bread uh, we eat enjoy it but we get hungry again and there's so much more to life than just the, the physical aspect and that's what I've found in, in my relationship with Christ I'm Jeff Fugit and I'm following Jesus Well, I really appreciate those words that Jeff uh, shared with us, and I want to talk a little bit about those a little bit later in the, in, the, in the sermon. But welcome today. How many of you are ready for spring? How many of you are hungry for God? Just as many hands, almost. <laughs> you know, the thought came to me yesterday as I was thinking about, uh, oh my goodness, you know, here we go again with this another round of winter storm and what to do about church and all that stuff is... Uh, when I want God, when I'm hungry for God, as much as I'm hungry for spring or whatever I'm hungry for, God has a way of showing up. God has a way of feeding my soul. And I really appreciate you being here today because I, I don't think you're here for your health, your physical health. I think you're, you're here today because you're hungry. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty.
So we're looking at the I am sayings of Jesus. And last week we talked about how that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we talked about how that Jesus is not the way to heaven, but that Jesus is heaven. He's not the way to God. He is God. He's the truth of God. He's the life of God. And so today as we talk about the presence, the, the presence of Christ, this, this living bread in our midst, I hope that we have a sense that, that God is here, that Jesus, yes, Jesus really is here. And uh, he, wants, he wants to feed us today. He wants to, to provide something for us of himself that's real. You know, as a church, uh, we do a lot of things for a lot of people in the community and helping to address some physical, tangible, material needs. And we do that because Jesus did that. Jesus did those kind of things in his own ministry, didn't he? And we think that uh, Christianity is the most worldly of all religions in that God doesn't separate himself from the body, from real life stuff going on. But we also recognize that Jesus was always doing these things in helping people, whether it was feeding them or clothing them or healing them, to point them to a deeper spiritual reality. He was always pointing them to himself, that he was the source, that he was the ultimate need that they were all hungry for, no matter what their physical need was. At Schweitzer, we provide food in our food pantry for something like 16,000 different individuals that live in households where people walk into literally our food pantry and receive food. And we also offer prayer. But what we're sensing is that there's got to be another level to this. There's got to be a next step. And so what we want to do is for those who come back a second time and a third time, how can we be in relationship with you? And how can we help you to connect to your assets in your life and ultimately to the bread of heaven? We have uh, our Stanford Community Garden, neighborhood garden that's beginning this spring. And it looks like, do you know it's supposed to be 52 degrees and sunny on Saturday? It looks like we can have our Roots and Rock party. And so come on out. And those who have... Uh, strong backs and maybe weak minds, but come on out and, and help us out with that. But our vision for this is it's, it's about doing things with people and building relationships and people can, can get down into their own soil. And we look as, upon this as, as really holy ground, as special ground that God is going to use in building relationships. And again, it's about how do we help people be introduced to the life of Jesus? If we as a church, and no matter what we do, does not have some sense of connecting people to the bread of life, we miss the whole point. We are living in a world and in a time where people are spiritually starving to death. And we have the bread of life. And we get too busy. We, we run the trains, or we do life, and, and we don't have busy to stop. We don't have time to stop and, 
and say that word of connection. I was guilty of this this week. We had a painter over at our house, and he was painting the hallway, and he was talking and talking and talking. And I'm home on Mondays, and so I'm trying to, to help him, but I'm trying to get into my study because I've got to work on this sermon to impress all of you people about how Jesus is the bread of life. And, and as he was talking and talking and talking, you know how it's hard sometimes to listen to someone or care about someone? And he was going on about how there's no hope in the world. He's talking about how he's got a 20-year-old son, a 22-year-old son. They're just, what are we going to do to help? What's the hope? And I know Jesus, right then and there, was giving me the words. Well, yes, (laughs) there is hope. There is hope. Let me tell you about this hope. Let me tell you about this friend. And I blew it. I blew that opportunity. Because I was too locked in or too busy about figuring out what I needed to do for God. When, when God was right there in front of me saying, I want you to help this person get connected to me. So today when we look at the Gospel of John, and we look at this story about Jesus, it may be a familiar story to you, but let me explain a little bit about the back story of what's happened. Jesus uh, has fed the 5,000. It's interesting that that's the only miracle that Jesus does that's recorded in all four Gospels, the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. And in the different Gospels, there's a different amount of people that he feeds and different loaves and fishes, but thousands of people are fed. And after Jesus feeds the thousands in the Gospel of John, He runs away from them. He gets away from them because they want him for their political leader. They want to make him a king. And it's interesting, isn't it, that there's so many different groups, political groups today and otherwise, who are always trying to use Jesus to fulfill their cause or their purpose or their politics. And Jesus will have nothing to do with that. And Jesus escapes them. And he gets to the other side of the lake, the scripture says. But the amazing thing is, Jesus can't get away from these people. (laughs) He's tired of them. He's worn out. And yet they find him on the other side of the lake. And this lake is a lot bigger than Lake Springfield. It's not like they can just, oh yeah, there there he is over there. No, they've traveled miles to get there the next day. And when they find Jesus, this is what happens. This is the conversation. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes. Very important statement of Jesus. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures For eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Let me pause just for a moment here. So often we in our Christianity today can think about our faith as what we do for God. 
But Jesus is saying the work that we do isn't our own effort, but it's the work is our believing and trusting in Jesus and letting his power in his life come into us. And his using us, his presence, to bless the world. See, grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. And Jesus is calling us to put forth the effort to really believe in him, to really trust in him, to really live a life in relationship with him on an ongoing basis. So they said to him, well, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, Sir, give us this bread always. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. So what's going on here in this story? First of all, Jesus is telling them that they're following him for the wrong reasons. Jesus has done all kinds of amazing things for them. Jesus does amazing things for us. But is there a point in our walk with Jesus that maybe the focus needs to be removed from what Jesus can do for us to satisfy our physical needs and our wants and our desires. He's saying, you know, folks, let's have a crucial conversation here. Let's level with each other. I'm popular with you. You're following me. But you, you're following me for the wrong reasons. There comes a time in every relationship with Jesus where we have to kind of decide, okay, Jesus, help me know more about you. And what Jesus is doing with them, he, he's wanting to do with us today. He's wanting us to get redirected from the physical, material things of life that he can do for us or how he has blessed us. And he's helping them. He's wanting them to get in touch with their spiritual hunger. How, how hungry are you? So he redirects their focus spiritually. And he calls them to trust. He calls them to trust him, to believe in him. That that's the work of faith. That's, that's what we're called to do. And they, they ironically ask for a sign. You know, he's given them signs. They've had signs. He, he just fed them thousands of people. He just fed them from a few loaves and fishes. How many signs or theatrics do you want? And Jesus ultimately says, I'm your sign. I'm the sign. I'm the bread. I'm here. Feed on me. Want me. Desire me. 
There's a woman that went into a pet shop, and she was lonely, and she was looking for some companionship. And so she went to the pet shop, and she asked the owner, what would be the ideal pet for me to keep me company? The owner said, I've just got the ticket. He said, I've got this bird. It's a talking bird. It's guaranteed to talk. It will keep you company. She bought the bird. She brought it home. She couldn't wait to have conversation with this bird. But after two days, the bird was totally silent. She went back to the pet shop, and she said, I don't get it. She said, this bird won't say a word. And the owner said, well, I don't get it either. He said, every day that bird would climb his little ladder, and he'd just talk away. Ladder? Oh, yeah, every little bird's got to have a little ladder. I happen to have one here for $9.95. So she bought the ladder. She went home. She put the ladder in the cage. The next morning, the bird gets up, climbs his little ladder, and just doesn't say a word. Well, she takes it back to the shop again, and she says, this bird will not talk. And the owner says, I don't get it. Every morning, he would climb his little ladder, and he'd look into his little mirror, and he'd just talk and talk and talk. Mirror? I don't have a mirror. Oh, every little bird's got to have a mirror, so he, she bought a mirror. Well, the next day, <coughs> the bird still is silent, so she goes back to the pet shop. You guessed it. This time, the owner says, well, he would climb his little ladder. He'd look into his little mirror, and then he'd peck his little bell. Bell? Well, I don't have a bell. Well, I got a bell here for sale. So she goes home, buys the bell. The next morning, the bird Climbs his little ladder. He looks into the mirror. He pecks the bell and then collapses at the bottom of the birdcage. Gasping its last breath, he finally says, he finally talks, don't they have any bird seed in that store? <laughs> well, Jesus is our bird seed. Jesus is our bread. And we have our toys, and we have our bells, and we have our whistles. We have our religious whistles, as well as our secular whistles. We can do a lot of different things as individuals in life, accomplishments, good things. We can do great things in the name of God as a church and still miss the whole point. That Jesus is the bread of life. And unless we feed on him, unless our souls find nourishment in him, unless we come into a real relationship with him, unless we connect with the presence of Jesus in our life, we have missed the whole point. And we might be starving spiritually to death, even in the midst of church. Well, Jesus is here, and he is present. And you know, the, the chapter 6 of the Gospel of John is a fascinating chapter. There's five different segments. I wish we had time to cover them all. But after Jesus tells them he is the bread of life, they have arguments among themselves. They argue and they debate with Jesus. And so we fast forward in the chapter to Jesus finally saying these words. He says, I am the living bread. I love that phrase. He's not just the bread of life. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. 
The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. Jesus is talking about us, obviously, feasting with him, eating with him, eating him, drinking him, bringing him inside ourselves in a way that, that's hard for us to imagine, and yet this is the whole point of what he's making, that he is this presence, and God is real. And if we're hungry for God, we can connect and know the presence of God in a powerful, real way in our life. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite places to eat, I've got lots of favorite places to eat, is Lambert's. And, uh, you know, I love the fried chicken. I love the experience. But the best thing about the whole deal is hot rolls here, hot rolls, hot rolls. I'm amazing how they can flip that roll clear across the room right at you. I mean, I love it if I can... Even before I sit down, they throw a roll at me. It's the experience. It, it's the taste. I make a whole meal of the bread. And that's what Jesus is saying. Make a whole meal of me. Eat of me. Drink of me. Take me into yourself. I am here. One of my friends uh, went home one day and, and he smelled in his house this aroma of fresh bread baking. He, he was so anticipating eating bread and he went into his kitchen, but the kitchen was bare. He looked around the counters and there was no sign of bread anywhere. He poked his head in the oven and it was, it was cold and barren. And, and yet the smell, the aroma of the bread baking was stronger than ever. And so he followed the scent down the hallway into this little bathroom where there was a candle burning. And you guessed it, on the candle, the label, fresh bread. He said it, it ignited, enlivened something in terms of his hunger and savoring the bread that he had to get out the recipe book, get out the ingredients, and bake him bread. And Jesus is that fresh bread. He's the presence. He's the bread of the presence. Always available, right here, right now, this morning. Wanting to be taken in by us. How hungry are you today? You know, Jeff uh, was sharing in his video earlier as a 17-year-old. How he was hungry, spiritually hungry. And he, he received Jesus into his life. And he talks about that presence that's with him and throughout the journey of life. And, and then he talked about even in the tragedy of, 
I can't imagine what that's like to be in, a, in an accident with fatalities, your fiance severely wounded and two lives, two of your relatives taken from you. And yet in this life, we have tragedies, we have troubles, and we have tough stuff. And yet, Jeff had the presence of Jesus surrounding him even stronger in that time. You know, my, my prayer this morning has been, oh God, would you come and surround us with your presence today. Throughout our worship services at Renovate and those who might be watching online, that God's presence would be with you right now in this moment. And we would know how close he really is and how we can truly feast on his presence. In our Grow in the Bible series that we're doing now, and many of you are in small groups, whether it's the epistles or whether it's the Gospel of John, I love the way it's set up where there's three questions that we ask ourselves every day. We ask ourselves, what do you see in this passage that speaks to where you are in your relationship with God right now? In other words, it's not a Bible study about learning all these facts and information about God. It's about, where am I in this story? Okay, God, what do you want to say to me today? Through your living word, through the written word of Scripture. And what do you want to, what do you hear in this passage about your relationship with others? How does this impact my life? Jesus, if you really are the presence of God in my life, and yes, you are, and I'm having this great experience with you, how can I be your presence in someone else's life? I love the way that the question reminds us that the gospel and the good news is never intended to stop with me. But I can take that living presence of Jesus to other people. And I can identify one measurable action step each day that God wants me to take. So this morning, as we come in here and, and as we're preparing to worship and we're, we're coming to the table to receive, to receive the food, to drink the cup, to, Make a whole meal of Jesus. Remind yourself. Be in communion with Jesus in these moments. Know that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the living bread. Make a meal of me. So Jesus says, uh, 
It's my flesh. It's my flesh I give you. It's myself I give you. This is your bread. This is the sign that I'm from God. He takes the cup. He says, drink. Drink me. Take me into yourself. Let me be your food for your souls. Make a meal of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord, and on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us your body, your blood. May your presence be so real in our life today that we would feast on you. We come hungry, hungry for you, God. Thanking you, thanking you that you satisfy us. Bless this time of communion with you. Amen. Servers, please come and you're directed to come and to receive this meal for yourself.